0: Welcome back to Kingdom Testimony. This is Lisa, and we are continuing with our study of the minor prophets in the Old Testament. We are in the book of Hosea, and the way we're looking at this, the reason I'm calling it a Bible study instead of just like reading these books and prophecies is because we're looking at it. This is the way I study the Bible. And please feel free to check out the introduction to this series. I think I did that last week. Um, The way I study the Bible is I look at, especially the Old Testament, I look at the words that are defined or further expounded on in the Strong's Concordance or Um, and And I do that because these were the words that were in the original Hebrew manuscripts and then when they did the King James which is the oldest most, the oldest reliable translation that we have those words were put into a a readable form. And even some of the words that that are italicized, you probably noticed those, those were added for more clarity. But the words in between the Hebrew words were added for readability. And sometimes it's just like, that doesn't make any sense. I'm sure we've all been there where we're reading something. It's like that doesn't make any sense the way they say that. And I'm not saying it's gonna make any more sense by just reading it through the words, the Hebrew words that we were that were in the manuscripts without, you know, those added words. I'm just saying sometimes it does. Sometimes it does make more sense that way. So that's what I the way I'm looking at it. And So Hebrews, uh, I'm sorry, Hosea chapter 4 is where we left off. And I'm reading it from um, the Word document that I put the King James into. And the only thing I changed was like taking the E-T-H off of words, you know, like saith becomes thus says the Lord. So it's not changing the meaning at all. And then taking out the, and thine, and thou, and stuff like that. So we want it to make sense, but we don't want to change. You know, those, those, the, thou, thines were, were put in there by the King James people. That's not, was not scripture. Um, occasionally, occasionally, you know, you'll see my, or you, or whatever. They chose to make it the thee, thou, thine. All right. So Hosea 4, um, I'm sorry about that. Man, my, my, uh, technology is really screwing up today. I, I hit, um the concordance button, and it gave me a YouTube video. <laughs> oh, and even my laptop, the the mouse, the pad area, decided it's not going to work today. So, all right. So Hosea 4, hear the word of the Lord, you children of Israel. For the Lord has a controversy with the inhabitants of the land, because there is no truth nor mercy, nor knowledge of God in the land. Okay. Um, when I say Lord, we're talking about Yahweh or Yehovah or Yahuwah, however you want to say it. So this is not the word for God, which is Elohim. This is actually the Lord saying, hear my words. So it says, Yahuwah, Yahweh, Yah, I'm just going to say Yah because it's easier, has a controversy. So controversy is, it means contest, cause, strife. He has, he, he's, he has a controversy. His way is adverse to what they're thinking. Um, But he's also striving here. So it's, hear the word of the Lord, you children of Israel. The Lord has a controversy, and I'm emphasizing the words that were in there, with the inhabitants of the land. Now the words no, nor, nor were not part of the original manuscript. When he says, because there is no truth, nor mercy, nor knowledge of God in the land. Those were the word no or nor is not in the manuscripts, according to Strong's Concordance. But the word truth, mercy, knowledge, God is. So they took liberty to say, well, let's say he's got a controversy because there is no truth, nor mercy, nor knowledge of God in the land. Is that exactly what the first manuscripts were saying? We don't know. This is what King James says it was saying. So that's why I'm emphasizing only the words that were in the manuscripts. Verse two, swearing, lying, killing, stealing, adultery. They break out, break out, To uh, break forth. And blood touches blood. So it makes sense for them to say, okay, so yeah, there there doesn't seem to be any truth, mercy, or knowledge of God in the land because they're swearing and lying and killing and stealing and committing adultery. So the Lord is speaking here. We don't want to put words in his mouth, but I can see where that would make sense. So therefore shall the land mourn everyone that dwells Therein shall languish with the beasts of the field and with the fowls of heaven. Yes, the fishes of the sea also shall be taken away. So if you have the app that shows what I'm emphasizing, the Lord is saying land mourn, dwells, those who dwell there, the dwellers, languish beasts in the field, fowls of the heaven, fishes of the sea taken away. So the Lord is saying, I have a controversy. You know, you're doing all this stuff. Still makes sense. There's no truth, no mercy, no knowledge of Elohim in the land. So he's going to take all this away. So far, so good. Man, strive, reprove another. People, strive, priest. So yet, Let no man strive, nor reprove another, for your people are as they that strive with the priest. Okay. Fall, day, prophet, fall, night, destroy mother. I have a problem with verse 5. What's the mother have to do with anything? Okay. Therefore you shall fall in the day, the prophet will fall with you in the night, and I will destroy your mother. That doesn't make any sense to me. Um, When you look at the word mother, it's H517, the bond of the family, the mother, a wide wide sense, but it can also be used as a dam or parting. So he's going to destroy the bond is the way it sounds to me. I'm not trying to rewrite scripture. I'm just saying, if you find a part that says, that doesn't make sense, he's like, you know, the priests and the prophets are going to fall and I'm going to destroy your mother. That's pretty random. But let's go on. People destroyed knowledge, rejected knowledge, reject priest, forgotten law, Elohim, forget children. So the Lord is making it clear there's going to be people falling, and he's going to be forgetting, and there's rejecting going on. So people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. They have rejected knowledge. And then he says, I will also reject you. There will be no priest. Seeing you have forgotten the law of your God, I will forget your children. So now we have a possibly a tie to the destroy your mother forget children, but is it the people that are forgetting their children? You know, I don't know. Why would God forget the people's children when, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying. Verse seven, increased sin, change, glory, shame. So as they were increased, they sinned against me. I will change their glory into shame. Eat up, sin, people, set, heart, iniquity. They eat up the sin of my people and they set their heart on their iniquity. People, priest, punish ways, reward doings. There shall be like people like priests, I will punish them for their ways and reward them for their doings. So you see, you see what I'm doing here? I'm hoping this isn't confusing. Um and remember when when they found these manuscripts, they just saw these words. That's it. And so for years, the Israelites would study these prophecies and then they would be like they knew what they said, but now they get into the hands of the Roman Catholic Church. And I'm not saying they changed the word of God because God is able to protect his word. He is able to protect the meaning, the understanding, the comprehension, all of it. And the more you read the Bible, the more you understand it. So the word is alive and sharper than any double-edged sword. When they wrote it, you know, being men of possibly not understanding, and I'm not saying that I also understand it, but when they wrote it, they were, they were just, you know, doing what they were told. So they were making it into something that, was readably understood, but these were Roman Catholics, you know, with the Church of England. And they were not Hebrews writing out Hebrew scriptures. They probably had Israel people there to help them. But what I'm saying is there's an agenda in every monarchy, every rulership, every democracy, and every dictatorship. So That's why I want to read it this way. And I ask the Lord, I ask the Holy Spirit, show me, you know, do the words in verse 8 continue on to part of verse 9? You know, how should they all be put together? And when you read it with the Strong's meaning, like you, you look on the app and you open that up, you can see that it can mean more than one thing. And it's like, hmm. You know, this is something to really pray about. So they eat up the sin of my people. They set their heart on iniquity, like people, like priests. Okay, verse 10, for they shall eat and not have enough. They shall commit whoredom and not increase, because they have left off to take heed of the Lord. So the words that were given in the manuscripts was, eat, enough, whoredom, increase left off heed Lord you know so they've they've taken a little bit of liberty to put some words in there and we don't know I mean what was was the people that were helping them with these translations most possibly you know there was there was uh, Hebrew Jewish Israelites helping them with these and I'm just saying we need to look at it through the eyes of the Holy Spirit verse 11 whoredom wine new wine take away heart my people ask stocks staff declares spirit whoredoms air whoring God so my people ask counsel at their stocks what is stocks tree, wood, so they're they're possibly going to their idols, and their staff declares unto them, so they have a stick or something that they've carved, for the spirit of whoredoms has caused them to err, and they have gone a-whoring from under their god, Elohim. They sacrifice upon the tops of the mountains, they burn incense upon the hills, under oaks and poplars and elms, because the shadow thereof is good. Therefore, your daughters shall commit whoredom, and your spouses shall commit adultery. I will not punish your daughters when they commit whoredom, nor your spouses when they commit adultery. For they are separated with whores, and they sacrifice with harlots. Therefore, the people that do not understand shall fall. I have a problem with this, because the word not is not in there. I think he's saying, I will punish your daughters when they commit whoredom. I will punish your spouses when they commit adultery. Why wouldn't he? He's a righteous God. Of course there's going to be punishment. And what is the word punish? Visit with hostile intent. Oversee. I will charge you with it. Judge. Oversight. Well, of course he's going to judge them for their adultery. Though you Israel play the harlot yet let not Judah offend and come not you into Gilgal neither go you up to Bethaven nor swear the Lord lives I don't know Israel harlot Judah offend come Gilgal up Bethaven swear the Lord lives He might be saying you know Israel has played the harlot Judah has offended come to Gilgal Come up to Bethaven. Come from wherever you are, and swear that the Lord lives. Israel slides back, backsliding heifer. Lord, feed lamb in a large place. We know that the bull and the cow they were used for worship. Um, Ephraim joined idols alone. Verse eighteen: Drink sour, whoredom continually. Rulers, shame, love, give. Verse 19, the wind has bound her up in her wings and they shall be ashamed because of their sacrifices. You know, I think we get the whole picture of what, of what was being, what the, what the Lord is saying in Hosea 4. And I'm not saying that you need to get rid of your Bibles. There's so many translations out there. I am not being uh, a heretic or blaspheming or whatever by saying you should pick apart your Bible according to the original words that were used, because you can pick a translation and it will read somewhat sort of the same, but do you know how many translations are out there? There's gobs of translations out there. And if you're going to, you know, like like you have, um, now there's a new one, the Passion Translation. You know, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that one. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with any of them. But anybody nowadays can write a new translation of the Bible and it can be a big hit. And all of a sudden people are studying that translation from 100 years ago or from 10 years ago. They're studying these new translations and they're saying you cannot change the word of God You cannot do it. If you add to or take away from these words, well, people are doing it all the time. The original uh, Bible that we have, it used to have Enoch in it. They took Enoch out. You know, people are changing the word of God all the time. So if you don't have the Holy Spirit to open up the word to you, you, you know, how can you understand it? So the only thing I'm saying, and yeah, it sounds like I'm defending myself, but I'm saying, look at the Strong's Concordance or Gesenius or whichever one. They're both really good. Look at these two guys, James Strong, and I don't know Gesenius's first name. What they did is painstakingly took the original manuscripts from the Old Testament And James Strong did it with the New Testament, but that was Greek. He didn't have the Hebrew or Aramaic or, you know, whatever those originals were, which is maddening to me that we don't have, that we have to go by the Greek. But anyway, um, because they didn't speak the New Testament in Greek. I'm just saying, you know, John wasn't Greek, Jesus wasn't Greek. So anyway, the Old Testament, James Strong and gesenius they spent their life looking at the original words in the Hebrew manuscripts, Moses' original words, Noah's, Abraham's, Joshua's, Joseph's, the prophets, looking at those original words as they were copied down. And then they painstakingly said, what? can or does this word mean? Because it was just a string of Hebrew words. So that's why I'm saying there is nothing wrong with you and the Holy Spirit sitting down, going through word by word what these words mean. And let me tell you, the scriptures will open up to you in a brand new way. Don't cast off the Bible that you have. But look into it further for yourself and get revelation for yourself and ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. That's what he does. So with that, I'm going to let you go. This is, uh, that was a bird. That wasn't me. This is Lisa with Kingdom Testimony. And we're going through the testimony of Hosea, a, uh, a stern warning in Hosea 4. And uh, until next time, remember, give somebody your testimony. Your testimony is important and it could help somebody. So with that, I pray you have a blessed day.